The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I am so delighted to welcome you to this show, whether you're listening to the live broadcast or you're downloading it later. I just want you to know how very welcome you are here. Uh, As always, I'm going to tell you to take a look at the Self-Improvement blog because you can see a picture of our guest, read his bio, read a review of his book. And there's some articles that you might find interesting there about today's subject as well as other subjects. Don't forget the videos in the right sidebar because if you're interested in what you learned today, you can find out much more in these videos. Um, They're very good and they'll lead you to um, more on YouTube that you can observe as well. I don't know that I've ever talked about the fact on this show that I'm a non-denominational minister and that I used to do a lot of weddings. For several years, I officiated at two or three weddings almost every weekend. When it was time for me to retire, I did it with reluctance because I loved doing weddings. They're wonderful. At a couple of the weddings I did, I was asked by the couple to include something about a Hawaiian tradition called Ho'oponopono. They gave me the wording they wanted me to use, thank goodness, and I practiced saying the word over and over. Of course, I googled it because I was curious. I learned that it is a means of resolving conflict, and I let it go with that, thinking, how nice. But there's more to Ho'oponopono than that. The practice offers an alternative to feeling powerless to affect change, whether the change is in ourself or in our world. It answers the question, what can I do to help? Yes, Ho'oponopono is a process of conflict resolution, and in this show, we're viewing it as a process of resolving the conflicts within us by working on ourselves rather than on the circumstances around us. Remember that we're working on ourselves. Our guest today, Dr. Jim Norse, has been in private practice since 1980. From 1975 to 1980, he served as staff psychologist and director of clinical psychology training at the Hampton, Virginia VA Medical Center and as, and as an assistant professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the Eastern Virginia Medical School. His 40 years in the healthcare field have been driven by a passion for the application of ancient and transpersonal approaches to problems faced by modern people. It's always interesting to me how many answers we can find in ancient wisdom. In addition to his training in psychology and acupuncture, Jim has had the good fortune to study with revered elders and teachers, including Stan and Christina Groff, Michael Harner, Beautiful Painted Arrow, Stanley Kopa Kaluahine, and Ile, uh oh, here we go, Ihalea, <laughs> how about we just say Hugh Lynn? He arrived, <laughs> I, I really worked on that one too. He lives in North Carolina with his wife, Judith, a teacher and practitioner of reflexology and feng shui, and his cat, Charlie, who practices cat medicine, and I'd like to do a whole show on that one. He is the author of Opening the Aloha Mind, Healing Self, Healing the World with Hope, Oponopono. Jim, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, and maybe you can say Hugh Lynn's name for me. Thank you, Irene. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. And that pronunciation is Ihaleakala. <laughs> I somehow could not manage that. You did Tell a great a- job on all the rest of them. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Jim Norse? 
Well, you know, that, that could be a very psychoanalytic question. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but I guess um, what I'd like to say is that as long as I can remember, I've been interested in the mysteries. And my first contact with that was as a very young child when I became just absolutely fascinated with astronomy. And that was a passion that lasted for a long time. Actually, it's still somewhat of a hobby. And I was an astronomy major in college before I changed to psychology. And I had a major identity crisis and a spiritual awakening while there. And it's interesting that I, I kind of switched my orientation from looking all the way out into the external cosmos to coming all the way back into the interior cosmos. And that particular uh, region of the cosmos has been my passion and my fascination ever since. That's interesting. That is a, such an interesting statement about coming back to your inner cosmos. Mm-hmm. And again, that could be another whole show. Before we get into it, because I know people are going to want to find you, how do they find you on the Internet? Uh, it's www.jamesnorse, and that's spelled N-O-U-R-S-E dot com. And I love your email, AccuShrink. I, that yes. tickles me every time I see it. <laughs> You live in North Carolina. How did you get so involved and interested in Hawaii and in something as mm, different to us as Ho'oponopono? Well, that came as a surprise to me also. Um, I had never had any particular interest in the Hawaiian Islands. And uh, my wife, as you mentioned, is a, a reflexologist and a feng shui consultant. And in 1999, we found that the International Council of Reflexology was going to be holding its biannual meeting in Honolulu. And uh, it seemed like a good time for a vacation, so we went. And as she was attending meetings during the day, I was driving around the island and getting to know it. And just a short distance out of Honolulu, on the other side of the island, uh, as I was heading up toward the north shore... I was just overtaken by this uh, truly extraordinary state of mind that was at once very peaceful and yet paradoxically uh, very aroused at the same time. It was a very energized, uh, powerful feeling. And my experience of it was that it was coming from the land itself. And there was a, uh, a welcoming feeling about it as though um, I had come home somehow. And I continued in that, that state of awareness uh, for a long time during and after the vacation. I had been to tropical settings before, so I'd seen the, uh, the exotic tropical beauty, and this was of a completely different order of experience. So we went back to Hawaii a year later, this time to the island of Kauai, and um, specifically wanted to visit some of the sacred sites there called heiaus, which is a Hawaiian word for temple or center that uh, served the indigenous pre-Christian religion. And we were meditating at uh, the Hikina Akala Heiau in Lydgate Park. And after we were finished, we were approached by this Hawaiian man who was striding toward us in a sort of determined way. And um, I didn't quite know what our situation was because I had heard that there is a fair amount of lingering resentment among Native Hawaiians about the takeover of their islands and the subsequent occupation. Uh, statehood, for example, is not um, universally welcomed as a good thing. Uh, very and much I can the, totally understand that. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to the situation with uh, many Native American tribes. You know, whose culture was decimated uh, by the European onslaught. And so, anyway, he was wearing sunglasses, so I couldn't really get a, a read on what his facial expression was. And he said to us in kind of a neutral tone, he said, I see you guys are hanging out at the Heiau. And I said, yes, sir, uh, we are. We were meditating here. I hope we didn't 
violate any any sacred protocol. And with that, he, his expression softened, and he said, "Oh, that's good." And he held out his hand and introduced himself as uh, Kopa Kaluahine, who is a um, uh, Kahuna Lapaau or uh, healing practitioner on the islands. Uh, Kopa had learned uh, the healing arts from his grandmother and had uh, departed from those ways for some time. He was a career military officer, served in Vietnam. After his discharge, he came back to the old ways, and uh, we've continued our friendship to this day. So our introduction to Hawaii was a very powerful one, Uh, this very powerful energy, which we learned the Hawaiians call mana, which is supernatural energy or force. Is mana to the Hawaiians what chi is to the Chinese or ki? Yes. You know, yes. Chi chi? I would say that they're they're pretty pretty much equivalent. It's the idea of a life force or power that uh, that rests in all of creation, whether it be animate or inanimate. And certain individuals or places uh, are viewed as having greater concentrations of mana than others. And you experienced it in the fullest. On that note, it's time for us to take a break. Uh, This is Irene Conlon with my guest Jim Norse saying stay tuned because there is so much good stuff to come. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Jim Norse. We're talking about his book, um, the Aloha Mind, and, and I'd really like to get into just explaining, talking a little bit about Aloha, because most of us, you know, all I've ever heard is that it means hello and goodbye and all kinds of other kind things that Hawaiians say, but it has, you know, quite a profound meaning. Tell us a, a little bit about what Aloha really means. It's a, it's a very powerful concept, Irene. It is true that it is a traditional greeting. Uh, it also means love. Um, but if you, many Hawaiian words are combinations of other words. And in this case, aloha is a combination of alo and ha. And the word ha has a rather complex meaning. Superficially, it means breath. But it's more of the nature of divine breath, uh, the divine breath of life. And alo means in the presence of 
or face-to-face with. So if we use this greeting in a, uh, in a conscious and intentional way with someone, what we're really saying when we say aloha is that in our presence is the presence of the divine. We acknowledge the presence of the divine in each other. So could you say it's the, uh, the Hawaiian version of namaste? Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, you know, that's how it hit me when I first read that. And what a lovely, lovely greeting. I mean, most of us over here don't understand that that's what aloha means. It's just sort of casually tossed out there like any other word. But It means a great deal more than just oh, hi. Yeah, it's not oh, hi. It's it's very powerful greeting. Now, the book is about Ho'oponopono. Yes. So, you know, tell us what that is and a little bit about how it's invo- evolved. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's, it's even just a fun word to say, you know. Once you get the hang of it. <laughs> yeah, once you get the hang of it. Well, the, the word Ho'oponopono, it, it's another one of those words that's made up of, of several words. The word pono, if you look it up in a Hawaiian English dictionary, it's a whole paragraph full of meanings. But basically it means right or correct or balanced. So when you double uh, a syllable in, in Hawaiian, usually it means taking the, the concept to a level of thoroughness and completeness. So ponopono would mean then balance, rightness, correctness, thoroughly and completely. The term ho'o means to make or to create or to evoke. So ho'oponopono means to make right or to correct an error, to bring into a state of balance. And as it was originally practiced throughout Polynesia, and is actually still practiced this way today in some quarters, it was a method of conflict resolution and forgiveness. So if you have a, uh, a conflict that comes up in the uh, families and communities and so forth, and it's not getting solved, then one of the elders or one of the kahunas would be called in to conduct a ho'oponopono, where each person would have the opportunity to acknowledge what their part in the conflict was and to uh, ask forgiveness, to, for- to, uh, to give forgiveness. And it was felt that when this kind of process was undertaken that the, the gods smiled on it and they came in and evoked the transformation which resulted in healing of the community and the family. Now, in the 1980s, there was a, uh, a Hawaiian healer, Kahuna Lapa'au, named Morna Nalamaku Simeona, who was a very revered figure in Kahuna in the Hawaiian Islands. She was um, named a, uh, a treasure, a living treasure of the state of Hawaii in 1983. And she was inspired as a result of her meditative practice to take this externally applied Ho'opono process and to bring it inside. And this is not uh, something that's highly unusual in the history of religions. You know, we have the exoteric practices uh, that you see in churches and synagogues and temples, and then you have the internal or mystical practices that some people, like the, the Buddhist monks or the Christian monks or the Sufi orders, are disposed to. to. And uh, so Morna created this esoteric internal practice of Ho'oponopono that could be practiced by anyone for anything, any kind of problem that comes up in life, this internal process can be used as a problem-solving method. And then you met somebody by the name of Hugh Lin, or you studied with him, and he, he takes it even deeper. You devote a whole chapter to him. You know, and actually, the, the, if the listeners would go to YouTube and um, type in Ho'oponopono, they'll see any number of uh, videos with Hugh Lin Yes. And it is H E W L E N U Len, and so they're very, very good. What was it like to study with him, and what did he give you? Well, he first of all is a is a very excellent 
and compassionate teacher, and uh, I learned a great deal from him, and it was really an honor to be able to take the, uh, the Ho'oponopono training from him. There was a, an email blast that went out back in 2005-2006 about him, and um, being this guy that, uh, that was a psychologist at the Hawaii State Hospital in Kaneohe, and um, he uh, worked on a unit for the criminally insane there. And you can imagine that that's a pretty tough place to work. Um, oh, it my... sounds just horrific. Yeah, I mean, he said that they couldn't even keep paint on the walls. Uh, you know, the energy with the, was so toxic there. People were in restraints. Uh, patients were assaulting each other and staff members. You can imagine the staff turnover was very high. Uh, it was just really, a, you know, a pretty frightening place to be. Well, he worked there. Uh, for a couple of years, and by the time he had finished his work there, they actually closed the unit down because all the patients had been rehabilitated. Uh, and that's just unheard of. Okay, yeah. wait, say that again. They they emptied the unit. Mm-hmm. What did he do? This is the most interesting part. He never saw any of the patients. He never conducted individual psychotherapy sessions. He never did group therapy. He never went to treatment team meetings. He engaged in no activities that involved any direct patient contact or contact with professionals. He stayed in his office, and he read the charts of these patients, and whatever came up in him in response to what he was reading, he would do this Ho'oponopono process on himself. And as he came into a state of balance within himself, the unit began to come into balance also. Did anybody realize the changes that was going on? I mean, did they have any idea what he was doing? I mean, this is... Yes. ...startling. Yes. Yes, he was. it was a sanctioned process that he was using there. Did they know ahead of time that this is the kind of work he did? Yes. I know he told them that he would not see the patients. Right. Now, actually, I I correct. I I don't know to what degree uh, or how thoroughly they knew precisely what he was doing, but he did have the the permission, obviously, to do this process. The change took place really rather quickly for, for people who were so incredibly ill, it seems to me. You know, it, just in a matter of months, there was a difference. You know, the, the fact that, uh, that change takes place at all with this population <laughs> is a truly remarkable thing. This is a very, very tough group. And this is something that, that um, it's, it's very difficult for people to get, to get a grasp of because we, we have this idea that um, external practices are the way that we evoke change. Activism is the way we evoke change. We, we evoke change by doing something to move the pieces around in the environment. And this, this approach takes exactly the opposite tack. Now, if you've read anything in quantum physics, you can kind of understand a Indeed. little bit about what's going on here, but it's... Yeah, Indeed, I think quantum physics actually uh, creates kind of an uh, interesting model for beginning to understand this. If you need to understand it from a from a Western scientific standpoint, the notion of the the unified field that uh, when you when you act on any aspect of that field, uh, then you act on the whole. Now, he he says a couple things that really got my attention. One, you have to be 100% responsible for your own life. Yes. And I, I kind of read that the first time and thought, oh, yeah. And then it hit me what 100% responsibility is. Yes. It talk, talk a little bit about 100% responsibility for your own life. Well, you have to understand uh, what Ho'oponopono means when it talks about problems. And Ho'oponopono is first and foremost a problem-solving process. 
Normally, when we experience a problem, we attribute it to something outside ourselves. It's even reflected in the language we use. You know, he made me angry, uh, or this weather is so depressing. So we tend to project responsibility onto our environment, and then we try to change the environment in order for us to feel better inside. Ho'oponopono philosophy says that it is not the external situation that is the source of the problem. Source of the problem is what they call memories that are replaying in the subconscious mind. So subconscious begins to get uh, activated. We begin to experience distress, and we think that it's coming from outside, but it's really coming from inside us. Taking 100% responsibility means that I take responsibility for what's coming up in me from subconscious sources. And I take responsibility by doing a process that Ho'oponopono calls cleaning. Now, the the ringer for me was, and it still, it still is mind-boggling to me, is that when I clean out the things in my subconscious, it cleans everybody that has that same thing. Is that a true statement? That is a true statement. And, you know, this is, uh, this is not altogether new, Irene. If you remember back in, in the heyday of the Transcendental Meditation Movement, uh, meditators were sent into areas, uh, cities, and war zones, and things like this, where there was a lot of conflict. And it was noticed after, I don't remember what the time frame was, a week, a couple of weeks of meditating, that incidents of violent crime began to come down. Uh, emergency room admissions came down. Even uh, traffic accidents began to be reduced. And this was purely, purely an effect of meditating. Now, when, when this happens one time, you can kind of write it off as a fluke. But when... The, uh, the results are replicated over and over and over again, it becomes pretty clear that there's an invisible process that's taking place. It's very powerful and very real. And I want to tap into a little bit more of that right now. It's time for us to go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Jim Norse saying, please stay tuned because there's so much more. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Have you ever noticed that sometimes life just feels easier, especially when judgment of you or anyone else ceases to exist? What if you could function from that space all the time? What if gratitude is the key? Every time you are grateful for someone or something, a new universe opens up. What difference can you create in your life and the world from the energy, space, and consciousness of gratitude? Join us on Access Consciousness Presents Beyond Saying Thank You every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Jim Norse. We're talking about the Hawaiian practice of Ho'oponopono um, as it relates to inner work. And we're going to talk about the cleaning process. But first, I want Jim to tell us the story of the Rainmaker and how it relates to Ho'oponopono. It's such a rich story, Jim. Yeah, this is a really beautiful story. And I first ran across this uh, in one of the collected works of C.G. Jung. Uh, Jung was reporting on a, a story told by Richard Wilhelm, who some of you may know wrote the, the introduction to one of the translations of the I Ching. And uh, Wilhelm was reporting that in the particular village where he was staying, there was a severe drought. And it was really getting pretty catastrophic, in fact. And uh, they had tried various things to uh, to correct it. They'd done rain dances. They had uh, prayed to the to the spirits that were in charge of such things. Nothing that they did worked. And so finally, they decided to seek out the services of a reputed rainmaker who lived in another village. And he came, and they asked him what he needed. And he said, "I just need a place to live." And so they gave him a little hut on the outskirts of town, and he was seen coming and going, uh, but not doing anything. And, uh, you know, it didn't rain, and it didn't rain, and people must have been wondering what he was up to. But finally, uh, the skies opened up, not with rain, but with snow. And it was snow at a time of the year that snow is not expected. Well, people were overjoyed with this result and immediately congratulated him and said, what did you do to make it to make it snow? And he said, oh, I didn't do anything. I'm not responsible for that. And I said, well, how can that be? How, how come there's snow here? He said, oh. He said, well, I can explain that. He said, I come from a country where everything is in balance, and I am in balance. I came into this area, and I saw that, and I felt that everything was out of balance, and I fell out of balance, too. So it took me three days to get myself back into a state of balance, and when I did, the snow came. And the significance of the snow is so great. Well, what's, and, and this goes very much to the heart of Ho'oponopono. First of all, in that story... He didn't do anything in the external environment. He didn't pray for rain. He didn't do a rain dance. He didn't do anything to uh, try to alter the external circumstances. He knew that the imbalance was in himself, and so he worked on that. But he also didn't even work on making it rain while doing that internally. And divinity provided the, the right and the perfect solution because what happens to parched ground when a downpour occurs. The rain runs right off. And we just seeing, saw this here yeah, in Arizona. we're seeing some of the results of that, right, in the southwest right now, flash flooding, whereas the snow seeps in gradually and nourishes the ground. This is a very important thing about, about Ho'oponopono. When something comes up in us that we experience as a problem and we do this cleaning process, we are not trying to make uh, a solution. We're not trying to stage manage, micromanage what the right and perfect solution to that problem is. We're turning it over to divinity to do what's right and perfect, just as our rainmaker did. Can you tell us a little bit about that cleaning process? I, f- I find it very powerful. It is. And it, it requires a little bit of a, of a different understanding of the nature of mind than uh, than we commonly have, uh, we we have a we are a conscious mind, 
And that's the, the mind that is operative now in this conversation. You know, we're conscious, we're awake, we're aware, we're relating to each other. Subconscious mind is a, a storehouse, a warehouse of memories. And not only our memories, but it's a universal memory bank. At its deepest levels, it fans out to include the collective memory of all humankind and probably even non-animate matter in the cosmos. So it's truly a, a universal uh, storage facility. And that's what gets activated when we experience something as a problem is some kind of memory from somewhere is being stirred, and conscious mind then experiences that as, as a state of, of uh, distress. When we begin in Ho'oponopono, when we begin to experience that kind of distress, we initiate a process called cleaning. And what happens when we do cleaning is that a message goes down into the subconscious. It's carried by subconscious mind up to a different level of mind called superconscious mind. Superconscious mind is that part of us that is always living in eternity, and it is always in communion with divinity. Superconscious mind takes a look at this memory and relays information up to divinity, and divinity then sends mana, there's that word again, sends cleansing mana down, all the way back down into the subconscious mind and erases the memory. And when that memory is erased in me, it's erased in you also. It's erased throughout the cosmos. Now, does that mean that what we experience as a problem is automatically gone? Could be. But many problems are composed of many, many, many memories. So this cleaning process is something that we do on an ongoing basis. So if I see anger in somebody else, the anger's really in me. And at that point, when I realize that, I need to clean that anger. And when I do that, it cleans ang- anger at that level. Is that what you're at that? Yes. That level in other people who are carrying that same anger. Is is that how what you're saying? It cleans. It cleans the memory that is manifesting as anger. Now that particular memory may be manifesting as something else in somebody else. It may may be manifesting as sadness. You know, it may be manifesting as a physical problem. So we're working on the memory, not the issue or not the presenting issue. Exactly. If we were were to try to do a psychoanalytic unpacking of these memories, we'd never get to the bottom of it. Oh, no. There's just too many of them. So we can't go on that kind of a detective mission. We're simply aware that that a problem, what we're experiencing, experiencing as a problem, is evidence that there is a memory that's been tickled in us somewhere. And taking responsibility for it is doing this cleaning process and allowing this very natural and automatic process of petitioning divinity and divinity cleaning the memory to take place. In your book, you have a number of diagrams of the levels of the mind and how this process works. And what the question that came up with me when I was studying those is, this sounds like, it looks like a perfect illustration of alignment. And we hear yeah. a lot about alignment these days. Would you call this alignment when all the levels of mind are working on a memory? Are are doing a ho'oponopono? The alignment the alignment takes place as memories begin to be erased, and in the place that was vacated by those memories, divine inspiration comes to occupy, so that divinity is fully expressed on all of those different levels of the mind, and that's what I call aloha mind, as that uh, as basically. As the mind begins to come back into a per- into being a perfect expression of divinity, which is what we are. The other thing that you talk about is getting to zero point. Yes. Um, that's a little mind-boggling for me. <laughs> Can you go into that a little bit? 
that's that's almost like trying to understand a, a Zen koan. Oh, yeah, I never you know, can, yeah. So it is puzzling. It's something that the intellect can't wrap its uh, wrap itself around, which is usually a good thing because the, the intellect usually ends up running down rabbit holes that don't lead anywhere. Uh, but returning to zero means returning to that state of no memories where divinity is present and memories replaying are gone. That's going back to that zero place. Yeah, to me, being rid of all the memories, it, it feels like it leaves you blank. But it, it, something in me knows that there's a richness there that isn't any place else. Am I off base on that? No, it, it's a um, you're not off base at all. It. I heard an interesting comment by um, by an Episcopal priest here at a conference recently, Cynthia Bourgeau. Uh, who made the comment, God lives in me as me. And that's kind of a Zen koan oh. statement. But when, when these memories become neutralized and erased, and the divine begins to come more fully resident within us, when we become closer to that zero state, then we really become more fully ourselves. Paradoxically, that, that as we get rid of all that junk, all of that toxic data, we really begin at zero to become more fully who we are. It's not a zero. Another way to understand this is that it's not a zero of nothingness. It's a zero of infinite divine potential. On that note, I want people to think about that statement as I need to as we go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Jim Norse saying, stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who have turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Collin and my guest, Jim Norse. We're talking about 
Ho'oponopono. And if you didn't get in on the end of the show, please listen to the beginning. If you didn't get in on the beginning, please go back and listen because um, this is a very powerful, I want to say tool, but it's so much more than that. Let's bring this down where the rubber meets the road. How can we use this uh, with what we hear in the news, for example, what's going on in our everyday life. You know, this week we had Robin Williams uh, committing suicide. How do we deal with that with Ho'oponopono? Ho'oponopono, as I mentioned, Irene, is a problem-solving process. So whenever anything comes up in our field of awareness, whether it be the tragedy of Robin Williams of Newtown, Connecticut, family conflicts, uh, issues that we have with our spouse or with our with money, with career, and so forth. That's a signal that we can actually do something to affect the situation by working on ourselves. And we, we did not go through that cleaning process. Can you do that with this? I will tell you that, uh, that cleaning um, seems very simple, but it's very powerful. To fully learn this technique, you need to take a class uh, with um, the organization that teaches it, I-Z-I-L-L-C, but you can begin to use the words, I love you and thank you. Don't worry about what they mean. Don't worry about whether you feel it. But in the presence of feeling a problem, experiencing a problem, begin to think those terms, I love you and thank you, to yourself. That simple thought process begins this cleaning process. Once you have initiated it, it takes place automatically. That whole process of subconscious to superconscious to divine to erasing the memories takes place. It's a beautiful, simple process. And whenever we feel powerless in life by what we see in the news or anywhere, that's a time to begin doing this. This is a process where enlightened self-interest and selfless service merge with each other. Oh, nice. Who are we saying I love you to when we say I love you? We don't even have to worry about that, but of course we're always saying that to the divine. Who else? Um, Absolutely. How do you, as a psychiatrist, psychologist, how do you answer people who are you know, wagging their finger about Robin Williams and his solution. What do you tell people? And how do you get them to understand what's going on there? Well, that would depend very much on the person and what they were able to hear. So I couldn't give a blanket comment on that. But I'm always doing this cleaning process myself as I work with my clients. And I notice that as I do that, clients begin to come up with their own answers much more quickly. Do you teach your clients to do Ho'oponopono? I teach them my understanding of it to the same degree that I uh, disclose in the book. But I do encourage people, this is a very simple approach, but it's a very rich and very deep approach. And if you want to master it in its totality, it's very important to take a class. Now, I, I don't find a class that's, I guess, convenient. Is, I want everything to be convenient. Of course. Um, you know, there's nothing going on in Arizona. You know, are, are these classes growing in number, and are they going to be given at more places around the country? Do you know that? Yes, and, and there actually have been classes given in your area. It's just that if a class has already taken place for this year, that won't show up on the calendar anymore. Oh, well, I wasn't tuned in to even, you know, looking for it, so I probably wouldn't have noticed it if it bit me. If you, if you Google I-Z-I-L-L-C, uh, that will uh, get you to the website, and there's a link to mark classes, and you can find out the classes there that are taking place for the remainder of this year, and then toward the end of this year, 2015's classes will be announced. And they're offered uh, worldwide on a regular basis. And how long does the class last? Is it an ongoing thing or is it it's a, a weekend? weekend class. I've, taken, I've taken the first level 
already four times. You get something powerful out of it every time you've taken it. I've taken the advanced class, which has only been offered once in the last few years. Uh, but you, uh, it's basically one class is sufficient to get you up and running. You can get up and running by reading my book with some of the basic cleaning tools. And I'll tell you, people, we've had actually people who have read the book who have worked in detention centers here locally who are already noticing decreases in violence in the detention centers just by well, using the basic techniques. It's interesting, the peacefulness you begin to feel within yourself. And I, I you know, of course, I didn't read the, your book way ahead. I'm usually just one week ahead uh, mm-hmm. you know, of where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And, and in just a week, I mean, as soon as I realized what was happening, I started doing it. Yes. And for me, the feeling of peacefulness is quite noticeable. Irene, this is like having a program on your computer that you didn't know you had. You know when you buy a computer and it comes with all these pieces of software already downloaded and you don't know what any of them are? This is something that's basic to the human being. We come downloaded with the software to do this process. You know, divinity doesn't mean for us to stay trapped and stuck. And all we need to do is access the software and know how to use it, how to apply it. And that's what the Ho'oponopono teaching is And it becomes second nature. How can people find your book? Uh, It's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And I think it's on your website as well. Yes. uh, If you click on Opening the Aloha Mind, it will uh, take you directly to Amazon. And you have a video on YouTube that's really very good, and I would recommend that people watch that. We're right up to the end of the show. I hate to say that. What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today, Jim? I would say, you know, know that you are a perfect expression of divinity, and by doing this cleaning process, you can clear away the debris that separates you from who you really are, And in doing that, you help heal the world at the same time. How profound and how wonderful is that? We get to thinking like I'm just one little person over in the corner of the planet, and yet we can influence the whole planet by doing this one piece. Absolutely. Next week's week's guest is Alan Klein. He's a joytologist. We're going to talk about the healing power of laughter. Jim, thank you so, so much for being with us today. I I really want you to come back and talk about your other book, Simple Spirituality, Finding Your Own Way. So, you know, we will put that together if you're willing. I'd be delighted. Thanks so much, Irene, and a warm aloha to you. And a warm aloha to you as well. This is Irene Conlon saying thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Jim, again. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.